From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, June 14th. In a video recently posted online by the Mante LaSalle National Forest, you can hear gusts of wind as the Pack Creek Fire burns a bright green stand of aspen trees. The smoke is billowing fast. There are plumes of yellow, pink, and black above orange flames. The Pack Creek Fire has grown to over 8,200 acres and is estimated to be 6% contained. The blaze started on Wednesday from an unattended campfire. Fire Information Officer Nick Howell says given the weather conditions, the public should prepare for a long firefight. Howell has been giving daily updates on the size and scope of the Pack Creek Fire from the Great Basin Incident Management Team. Can you describe, um, you know, the people on the ground right now, specifically, you know, the agencies involved? Um, I believe as of Sunday, you reported 257 total personnel working on this incident. So who's who's involved? Yeah, right now we have approximately 306 personnel assigned to the fire. Um, There's a lot of different agencies involved. This is definitely a very robust interagency response. Um, We're coordinating with the local sheriff's office, um, you know, in the county, both San Juan County and Grand County, along with the Bureau of Land Management, the U.S. Forest Service, and Forestry Fire and state lands, which is basically the state of Utah. So on Saturday, the big news was that the Type 2 um, incident management team sort of took over the management of this fire. So what does that mean exactly when a Type 2 team comes in? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Basically what it means when a Type 2 incident management team, either a Type 1 or a Type 2 team, comes in is it, it basically brings relief and assistance to the local unit. So the local resources, once that team is in place, can go back and deal with all the new fires that take place on a daily basis. Mm. So when when the team arrives, we basically basically come self-sufficient. We've got caterers. We have unit leaders. We have, um, you know, a command and general staff, pretty much a whole host of individuals that specialize in one area. And it's basically designed to relieve the local area and manage a large and complex incident. Sure. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about how the command center works? Like, um, what are the shifts that um, firefighters are taking and other personnel are taking? What does that sort of on-the-ground thing look look like? Yeah, so right now we have personnel that are working really day and night, 24 hours around the clock, um, broken up into different shifts. Um, The firefighters are definitely working long days, Um, you know, 16-hour days towards the upper end. And it it really is, um, you know, a a pretty labor-intensive process. And do you mind um, talking about the fire itself? Started in the Pat Creek area, as people know. That's why it's called um, the Pat Creek Fire. What is the pattern since day one, um, from the beginning of the fire and where we are now? Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, the fire started last Wednesday. And um, there were multiple agencies that responded to the fire initially. And um, there was definitely a really heavy fire fight underway in the Pack Creek area. That's kind of where it started. And um, then from there, the Type 2 team was ordered. And day one for the Type 2 team was Friday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, When the Type 
team got there, um, we started ordering more resources. For the first day or so, there were areas of the fire that were in pretty rugged, steep, and rocky terrain. Um, definitely difficult areas to um, access. And then, of course, yesterday, um, the fire definitely made a run. Yesterday, the fire was just over 5,400 acres, and yesterday it grew to just over 8,200 acres. With that little bit of increased wind and, you know, the continued drought and some of these extreme conditions that we're seeing on the ground, the fire was definitely able to make um, a large run yesterday, which which uh, definitely contributed to, you know, more actions and resources being ordered. You mentioned the, the drought, you know, the excessive heat warning forecast for this week. Um, how could that play into operations and potentially affect the fire? Yeah, so these weather conditions and really all the environmental conditions that have come together to create this incident are really um, creating a challenge for us as a team and as firefighters. Um, We're seeing fire behavior that is consistent with fire behavior that we would see later on in the year, like late August. So, you know, with, with the drought situation pretty much being at record levels, we're definitely having some some containment challenges, and the fire is definitely making some large runs, as we saw yesterday. Yeah, yesterday we had heard that the fire breached Geyser Pass Road, so there were some evacuations um, going on um, in certain areas that could be affected over there. Yeah, so that's correct. Yesterday the fire did reach Haystack Mountain and the Geyser Pass area. And um, in coordination with the sheriff's office, we did initiate some evacuation orders for individuals and the structures located um, down in the Blue Lake and Dark Canyon areas. Um, so that, that was the direction the fire was moving yesterday. Um, we do have fire crews in um, all of those areas, including um, Buried Hatchet and Whispering Oaks and Upper Pack Creek that are continuing to do structure assessments, and they are, they are working to try to reduce some of the hazardous vegetation that is up there. So they're doing all the prep work they can before, um, you know, the fire gets to that point. Okay. And speaking of vegetation, do you mind um, describing, you know, what the fire is burning? You know, pinion, juniper, aspen, you know, what, what, is, what fuel is it taking? Yeah, so in the lower elevations, more towards the Pack Creek community, um, the vegetation is more of a pinion and juniper um, fuel type. And then as you move higher into the upper elevations, um, you're looking at more of a mixed conifer and a conifer vegetation type, um, which is basically heavy timber. Um, just a lot of heavy fuels, a lot of oak brush, um, there's a lot of mountain brush intermixed with pretty much the fire all the way from the north end to the south end. Um, you're looking at some pretty significant elevation changes. You're looking at about 6,000 feet of elevation from the bottom part of the fire to the higher elevation. So there's definitely some challenges there as well. What else do you think that listeners would need to know today? Well, just on the, uh, I guess on the fire prevention front, you know, this is really a team effort, you know, especially as early as it is this year to be having fires of this size is fairly unusual. So this is certainly not a good sign for the state of Utah in general. Um, and so if, if we can really team up and make sure that um, everybody's recreating responsibly and really trying to be careful to prevent those human-caused fires from happening, um, the big concern is when we do get lightning storms that come through, you know, the states or some of these local areas, 
we're really going to have our we've got our hands full now but when the lightning um if the lightning does materialize this year with the monsoonal weather patterns that's definitely going to present a huge challenge nationwide really with with all the drought in the west right now so we definitely need everybody's help to prevent some of these human-caused fires and, and do our best to, to keep the human-caused fires to a minimum. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I know that everybody, all the agencies who are close to um, working on fire have been saying for months and months and months this is going to be a difficult wildfire season, um, and it seems like humans can do the best they can <laughs> to not start a fire. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, out of, you know, I've been in this business 21 years um we're definitely at record levels for fire danger it's, it's really kind of a scary time for utah and the west in general um uh, all of our our fuel moistures are at record lows we've got you know hotter temperatures earlier um than we typically do so hopefully we get some good monsoon moisture but until then it's it's going to be um a real challenge for firefighters and land management agencies and local fire departments Nick Howell, fire information officer. We'll be speaking with him tomorrow for more updates on the Pat Creek Fire. He says the team is planning to host a virtual public meeting Tuesday night at 7 p.m., so stay tuned for more details on that. And Forest Service investigators are continuing to explore any leads that could help them identify those responsible for the fire's start. If you have information, call their tip line at 775-355-5337. This information will also be in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. Ever since the Pat Creek Fire was ignited on Wednesday, locals have been staring at the mountains and wondering... They drive and hike to overlooks across the valley to see if they can spot the fire's path, notice any changes, find out if it's getting better or bigger. Last night, reporter Ashley Bunton drove to Sandflats Recreation Area to get a good look at the fire. While she was there, she found two locals doing the same. So it's Sunday, June 13th, and we've just pulled over on the side of the road, and we're watching the fire spread in the LaSalle Mountains. And I am here today with Brittany and Aiden. We're at Sandflats Road, Sandflats Recreation Area, and it's sun is going to be setting soon. And you guys came up, why? We actually came up to look at the fire. Uh, it's been on our minds a lot and wanted to see where it's at and... Um, it's hard to like not really know what to do and to be a little helpless, but um, to at least watch and give a little love to the mountains. And you both live here in Moab, and yep. what did you think when you heard there was a fire in Pat Creek? I was just kind of in shock. I mean, I think it's something that we're concerned about all the time around here, just um, with really hot temperatures and climate change. Um, but it's always really kind of jarring when it hits home in a big way. And um, knowing people that I care about out in that area and the mountains that I love here, um, it's hard to, to hear and to watch. I, I was reading the community wellness survey that USU did, and one of the like highest responses for well-being in Moab uh, that people rated the highest was mountains. People said that was like a really big factor in their wellness. And so I'm just wondering, like, what impact does this have on you? Oh, gosh. 
I think it's, yeah, on everybody's wellness in town. And, like, you know, that's everyone's favorite recreation is to go camping and enjoy nature. And to see that those places are burning is really stressful and and terribly sad. Um, we don't know what it's going to look like after this, so or how long it's going to be till we can go back out there and enjoy those spaces. So it's pretty devastating. And it looks like the side of Haystack Mountain is on fire now, which on the other side of that, that's where Lake Warner and Lake Uwa is at. So um, I think we're all just hoping that they're able to save uh, the lakes up there. I know a lot of people go up there. Um, and actually just um, a little bit ago, the sheriff's office said that the fire has breached over the Geyser Pass Road. So now they're evacuating uh, people that live in Dark Canyon area. So definitely um, seems to have been spreading. Earlier today I drove to Colorado and on the way back um, it was just amazing to see how much smoke was in the sky um, and how far you could see it from I-70 um, all the way to Cisco and Castle Valley and, and beyond is um, just covered in this really thick burnt brown smoke um, color and I pulled over and I could like see little pockets of flames um, I don't know oh, if you've wow. seen like if you've been watching and you've seen any of the um, flames that have sprung up but it's definitely uh, pretty intense I think definitely super yeah. thankful to all those who are working on the fire that's a really tough job and just thank you thank you thank you yep second that right there thank you so much to all the firefighters working on this i mean i hope this is the worst thing that we see all all summer that's what i would like to add it's like okay can we stop and <laughs> can we all take care of our our campfires please this is obvious now i was reading in the paper today just how important it is to make sure you put out your campfire like there are steps put it put water on it stir it make sure it goes out and just like do that thoroughly because otherwise this can happen and it can happen really easily and it's really unfortunate. I think that a lot of people don't realize how dry it is here. People who might be yeah. coming from other areas um, and not really know what the fire danger is so hopefully uh, people can really help spread the word. Okay, thank you guys so much. Yeah, of course. That's reporter Ashley Button speaking with Moab residents Aiden McLean and Brittany Valleen. All were observing the Pack Creek fire last night from the vantage point of Sand Flats Recreation Area. We'll link to the results of the recent USU well-being survey that Ashley mentioned. She reports that 98% of respondents say that mountains play a big role in their overall well-being. This piece was made possible through a grant from the Grand County Office of Economic Development. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, June 14th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.